Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Hey Mama. This is where I interview mums and some mums that are in business and they tell their stories. Some mums aren't in business and they also tell their stories and it's where we get really open, honest, raw and vulnerable. And I can't make them do that without myself being vulnerable. And then we've also got Peter here who uh, is going to help tell our story. And uh, we've already done that with coming together. And this episode is staying together, so we're going to pick up pretty much where we left off and tell the story about how we do um, stay together and how it isn't all roses and, and sunshine. Um, there's, a, there's lots of storms and, and lightning. So yeah, where do we? Yeah, where, where do we where do we begin? Um, I think we should start where we left off. With where we left off, because we left off in coming together, where we did come together. And we came together through challenging times. Uh, we had, you had your divorce. Yeah, so I was, yeah, separated when yep. we got together. You had to, um, we went through that awkward kiss. Mm-hmm. And uh, so if you have missed that episode, go back um, and <laughs> find out exactly what that means with yep. the awkward kiss. And how he then had to realize, um, hey, I really do want this. We ended up giving it a go. The the quote of our life is, uh, "Let's just do it and see what happens." And it came, it stemmed from that. Yeah. So we got together. We got together, and my my fondest memory of us getting together is uh, me in the kitchen with you baking Mary's cake. Yeah. So a Saturday night, yeah. I had Mary's <laughs> third birthday party on the next day, yeah. and we were at, really at that space of you know sleeping together and having a good time yeah. and a 21 year old I remember having that pivotal moment in there as well where I'm in the apron and you were um, helping me decorate this cake or helping me make this cake and I said you're 21 years of age and you're in the kitchen with me helping me bake my daughter's cake like you know shouldn't you be out partying yeah and, yeah um, and at that stage too in a few weeks time you were off to Europe that yeah. you were you planned a Kentucky tour with your mates yep yeah. 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 So, at the time, we booked that tour. It was there was you and you were not in the picture. No. Uh, and there was no, yeah, not even an inkling of the fact that we may end up together. But uh, we booked that trip about six to twelve months prior to the trip actually going ahead. So. Time elapsed, we got together. Yeah, it would have been quicker than that, like six months or something, not even 12 months. It was very yeah. quick that you made. Like it was in a kind of a, the break period where we didn't talk. Okay. Um, where we weren't, uh, we weren't having anything to do with each other. Yeah. You went ahead and booked this um, trip to yeah, trip, Europe. Yeah. Which is rightly so. You're like you're 21 <laughs> years of age. Yeah. Um, you know, you're going to go and sow your wild oats, so to speak. Yeah, and you gave me full permission. Do that I, when we got together and you were you'd planned this trip already and I, I remember talking to you about it over dinner one time and yeah. I, I was in that place as well I was very much in that place of let's just do it and see what happens but also a very guarded walls up massive yeah. walls up that yeah. I didn't even realize um, how how many how much walls I had up and I said to you you know and I meant it too like you go ahead you go and have fun like yeah. don't think you know you have to restrain yourself or whatever because you've got someone at home and yeah. especially at that age 
Yeah. So I gave you full permission. You did. Go and do do what you need to do. Yeah. And I couldn't think of anyone else but you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not saying that because the camera's on me, but that was true. Uh, we were, yeah. well, I was calling you at 7 a.m. Uh, London time to yeah, catch you just before kid. bed. You know, I was calling you at night time to catch you when you were waking up. Yeah. Messaging me, sending messaging me pictures you, yeah. to me, updating me. Yeah. Um, and there was me and my little girl at home who was three now at the time. Yeah. Um, and you know, she, or she knew it was like this little this this PD had come into her life. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'd update her, but I, whether she even understood that. Yeah. The the yeah the grass was. She had some there. friends around the time as well, and you know, at the time, three years old, probably thinking a friend. Just another friend. Oh, me. definitely. Friends yeah, because with. yeah, we would go to friends' houses. We'd have get-togethers. Yeah. We'd, yeah, have Sunday night dinners and, yeah. and all that kind of thing. So yeah, yeah, she probably didn't even grasp who what you were, going or on. Who you were, or what you were. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And we had uh, so we had a rule like no sleepovers um, uh, for a bit. Uh, you know, for when Amira was there. Yeah. 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 Uh, I remember. Hopping in my Supra, driving back out home, and being like, <laughs> <laughs> the two AM, like after the two AM yeah. chats. And after the two AM chats. Yeah. The other things that go along with chats, um, but the trip to Europe kind of solidified in my mind that I had something special back home, and I wanted to take you to all these like phenomenal places that I was visiting. Mm. Eiffel Tower being one really memorable one. Uh, and in Barcelona uh, with the long stem rose taking that photo. That, that, um, I, yeah, I was a hopeless romantic and those were the thoughts that were going through my head at the time. I actually, I, I remember being a bit bummed that I couldn't go to Miri's third birthday. Mm. And it was circumstantially not going to happen. Yeah, very, very early in our relationship. But I was, yeah, I was all in pretty much yeah, pretty, pretty quickly. Even came with me to um, Target and got her a pair of swimmers because I was going to I was going to buy her new swimmers for her birthday. Yeah. You were like, oh, let me get them because you know this can be from me. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly um, about that. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> when you came back from Europe, it was kind of like an all-in mm. approach. Yeah. And things would get a bit. Get a bit yeah. rocky, so yeah. and and these were had to do with my walls up as well, but it also had to do with you being twenty one um, and the male figures in your life, and there was a particular time, like so, it was one one time where um, we were on the couch watching telly, and Amira had gone to bed. Um, so we thought she had gone to bed, and she wasn't quite asleep yet, and she came sneaking out. Um, and you approached it in a very like stern manner, um, where she ran off and went um, went to bed like ah oh, like you know, crying, and I just went suit her and everything, but I nipped it in the butt with you, yeah. and I said that's not how I parent. It's yeah. not how 
we parent, I, I mean, if you watch the episodes of um, my upbringing, it was very volatile. Um, yeah. Both my parents, you know, very volatile towards each other. So I wanted, when I became a parent, I wanted to do things differently, and, and, and especially being on my own as well. And I'd already had those walls up of, I've been in a marriage before, I've, uh, you know, like this is, this is my little safe space. Um, so I quickly nipped that in the butt. That was a challenge. Yeah, I think I, being so like head over heels for you, I completely disregarded the fact that maybe you didn't want a male to move in so quickly. And I just wanted to be with you all the time. Mm. Uh, and I, I loved hanging with you and, and Miri as well. And I, I'd grown up always looking at the men in my life, uh, mum's life, and wanting to do better than they did. So I guess as, as soon as I got the opportunity to, I, I threw myself uh, head first into that. Into that parental role. But in the same breath, I didn't have great male role models to role model. So I was kind of guessing the entire time and then subconsciously would play out the same behaviors as the men in my life, thinking that was what a man's role was. Uh, and yeah, that, that, uh, that time, I remember that time, and, and that really did shape the way that we parent moving forward from there. It was one of those moments where um, you know, it started to started to shape our family values. And you started to question, like when things like that would come up, you would be like, oh, you started to question, okay, um, maybe there is a different way yep. than what mum did, and mm. this is what this is just what she allowed with yep. males in yep. my life as yep. a kid, and maybe that that was wrong, or I, you always knew it was wrong, but it came out anyway. Yep. And I remember you do you had said that to me in the past is. It just it automatically came out, I think, because I just mimicked it with uh, unconsciously. Yeah. And I want to also say that there were there are many there were many times as well where you were that playful, um, and you did actually say, "I don't want to be Mary's dad. I just want to be her friend." Yeah. And that was early on as well. And so those yeah. you were doing mixed messages because you were really fun and you would be really active and play this gorgeous little active role with her. Um, and then, the, yeah, then you would do these things yeah. like that. Yeah. And the, um, the also the adult food, the mango. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a mango that was in the fridge, and uh, Miri asked Mum if there was a mango in the fridge, and I said no. And it was. And I went in there and yeah. I marched over to the, the, <laughs> the, the, the fridge and I pulled out the mango and I chopped it up for her yeah. and I said, don't you ever do that. Like, yeah. to, to me, kids came first. Yeah. And I, that's how I felt. I don't know whether that, I don't know where that came from, but I did feel that came, kids would eat first yeah. out of anyone. But you somehow somehow in your upbringing kids didn't eat first or you had separate meals there separate was, food yeah well uh speak about this a bit in uh some other stuff that i've talked about we, we always had like a big week this morning oh yeah so uh there were foods that were bought that were bought by the stepdad you could probably relate uh and they were 
his food or, or they were adult food and, and yeah we didn't have free reign to everything in, in the fridge so at that stage it, again another thing that flew out of my mouth and looking back yeah I'm, I'm, I'm pretty just like ashamed of that but it was the whole formative years in, in bringing our family values together and then I, I understood that when when you reacted the way that you did I understood that what I what I've done was wrong I think it's from a, a stepfather perspective it's kind of this fine line you try and so walk hard. Yeah. to not be dad but then be dad be your friend and also, also try and be the, the parent yeah so that brings into the time that you I did have to let my walls down and my guard down at times when you would actually correct Amira um, yeah. and there's obviously the, the effects that she had on our divorce her not treating me yeah. the way that she should be treating me as a mother and, yeah. um, and respectfully yeah yeah so there was that time when I can't even remember what she said, but it was just in a tone that was not respectful. Mm -hmm. And again, growing up in a house with a single mum, being told your whole life that you're the man of the house, mm -hmm. you kind of have that protective uh, element to, well, she, you know, she's your mum. Yes, uh, yes. And that was where, you know, your upbringing was, it did have yeah. some great, um, great aspects to it in the way that you did put me up on a pedestal like yeah. that's mum mum is god mum is goddess you know yeah. mum is queen yeah mum is queen and you were like she gave you life like you mm. you do have that beautiful trait where yeah. you do think women are up on a pedestal and that women deserve so much respect mothers yeah. yeah yeah so those early years of our relationship were quite tumultuous even though we present a, a united front to the world. I actually said this to someone today because I actually spoke to an old friend today and he said uh, that he's got a woman now and I congratulated him on that. He goes, what you and Megan have looks really special and I said, like, thank you. Uh, it's not without its battles, you know, behind closed doors as everyone has, but we always present a united front always go out and slay the world. Oh well, yeah, we definitely have that relationship of, you know, a, a really strong family bond in the way that, oh, I can tell you off, <laughs> but if anybody else tries to, or if anybody else does wrong by you, oh no, like I'll yes. just step back in and it's just like a sibling, <laughs> right? Um, Amira and Logie, like if I tell one of them off, yeah. if they've been fighting, and they're, they're not liking each other and they're um, button heads over something but then as soon as you say something about the other one boom the other one is straight there yeah. in the defense mode she's only little or she didn't mean it like that or yeah. whatever and you're like oh, oh hey, hey. and that's exactly how we are as well and i, I am heavily protective past uh, people have done wrong by you, done wrong thing by you, or if you like letting go of it, I, I hold that grudge. Yeah. Yeah. Fiercely yeah, protective. Yeah. And you are the same, like you've, and, and what I talk about it, that beautiful trait of mum being, you know, queen, you have been fiercely protective over me at, at times as well. Yeah. Yeah.
Yeah. You want to talk about um, walls that you had to break down with me? That I had to break Yeah, so like uh, the, 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 str the struggles that we had with you and, and stuff that came in, yeah. you coming into the dynamic of the household. Yeah. Um, and I just talked about it a little bit where you had to correct Miri on behaviors and stuff where I had to look at that and see that as love. Yeah. and protectiveness and I had never had that before that was really foreign to me mm. I was normally the one in the wrong yeah. I was normally the one told like oh you you know but basically in other words you don't deserve that you, you deserve what you get yeah. if, if I'm being spoken to um, disrespectfully or something happens or someone does wrong by me that's that, that was my fault that's my problem you must have caused it somehow yeah yeah so then the walls that I had to break down. You tell me what my walls were, because I know what your walls were. That's what I'm talking about. So you want me to talk about your yeah. walls? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know it at the time, but for, first of all, um, you know, after meeting your dad and then hearing how you speak about your dad, as our relationship has developed, I can see now where your standards for men came from and where my standards from men lacked. Mm. So that that was a huge growth journey that we went when I went through to kind of step into wouldn't say step into your dad's shoes but to lift lift my standards of what it was to be a dad. In a, in a relationship, in a loving in a relationship with children, you know, the husband, that father mm. figure. I think more it was of a father because if you spoke to my mum, she wouldn't relate. Yeah. <laughs> but it was more of a father at what I'd seen as a man. Yeah. Yeah, what my father did for me yeah. and the way that he treated me. Yeah. yeah. Definitely set a standard. Yeah. Yeah. And even to this day, there's stuff that I do where it's like, uh, I'm, not, I'm not up to standard. And it sounds like it sounds bad but that's just the politically correct voice in your head I, I, I truly believe you're here to make me grow mm. and it's vice versa vice versa for sure and if your partner doesn't put the mirror up in your face what the hell are you doing together mm. And then, the, and then, and I think we've talked about this before. Mm. Where, um, when the mirror is up in your face, it's defense. You're like you know, you're in defense oh, mode, it and, and it and it hurts. Yeah. But then afterwards, you kind of see, okay, yeah, I see where and, you're coming from. Yeah, it's that whole Disney love that you think you need, but you for don't. Sure, because yeah. Because the Disney love is you love the person for whatever yeah. they bring to the table. Yeah, yeah, warts and all kind of things. Yeah, but. If I, if I had to spend my whole life as 21-year-old Pete, I'd be a pretty uh, shallow and uh, not necessarily a, a, a well-lived life. I think as you, as you get older and as you go through those battles and those fights and you grow from them, you have your ego bruised, but then you come around to growing, you, you form this really well-rounded life. And I look back on our 10, ten years now and, and yeah, we're, we're totally different people. Um, but your walls, well, your walls were probably really deeply tied around uh, your previous marriage. Mm. And 
that was that was a very that, that took a long time to, to break down even to the point where it probably I would say it probably took about six seven years to really see in you that you let go of Mick and the guilt that you had around the divorce yeah. around leaving him mm-hmm. because one of the one of the uh, things that came up for us was structure and stability uh, for Miriam. Yes, here we yeah. And I think that's where my childhood did come into a, a, a good light because the the division between my mum and dad was so great mm. that there really had to be a lot of clarity around who had the child and when. Mm. To the point where it was probably detrimental. And you weren't, to, to you weren't me. used to a friendly yeah. relationship. And you had the exact opposite to, to, <laughs> yes, to what my mum so and my strange, dad had. Yeah. And it, and you it was came abrasive. into this going, what? What the hell is this? Would you have a normal conversation and you, yeah. you know, or and if he calls, drop I'll, of a hat, she was off she with was him. off and yeah. yeah. So I definitely wasn't the, the stepdad that was like, oh, awesome, she's been taken away and that's like, you know, having had all night. Mm, yeah, you were like, like, what that. the hell is going on here? That's yeah. not, that can't be good for her. That can't be good for um, for us. Yeah. Yeah. And how, and how long is this going to go on yeah. for? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because you couldn't, yeah, you couldn't have a really good established amount of time with Miri if she was there every second day. Yeah. And then she'd come back and, you know, like, uh, people that have got separated families will know, um, especially mums that listen to this, is that when they come back, they're different. You've got to go through kind of like a, a, a detoxing phase. It's not detoxing, it's probably a bad word. But unwind, like... Yeah, like in... And, there's um, different recover, values in the house. Yeah, different rules, different values, mm. funds to build. So that's the thing that you talk about, structure and stability. You... I had a little, like I have a little bit of that, or I have discipline. I know I have discipline and motivation and all that kind of thing. But structure and stability, I'm a bit. I was quite flighty with that. I am a um, an emotional uh, kind of person. Where my heart on my sleeve. I had immense guilt for breaking up a family because I always thought that I would do better than my parents, and um, to then go and break up a, a, a perfectly fine marriage that looked fine and appeared fine but it wasn't true to me and i took his daughter away and that's how he would he loved that story to be told is that i took her away and we um whereas i was a single mom with with the mirror and so the immense guilt that i had if any if any time she mentioned i miss i miss dad or you know she got emotional about it boom i'd ring him and i always promised him that because of the guilt Um, and then there was a night where she wouldn't go to sleep and you know the backwards and forwards um, that they that kids normal kids whether they're in in a a broken family or a not broken family they do these sort of games right but I didn't know that I was so young (laughs) and I just I'd broken up with a relationship when she was two so how would I even know that that's the games that they play or that that's they needed she needed more just wind down time and cuddles and songs and all that kind of thing everything that we do now with them 
Yeah. Um, so she jumped up, I miss daddy, so I called him and then within 10 minutes, you know, here comes his truck and it's yeah. kind of like the knight in shining armour to come and rescue his child and she goes off to spend the night. And you were like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> what just happened? Yeah, and that, and that, that started to settle down. I because can't remember you, exactly when. No, but I started to listen to you and you were like, yeah. okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something here, yeah. like whether it's gonna cause a rift between us or not. Yeah. I there and you do do that. So at times you go there's times where you just go, Okay, I'm gonna leave this, I'm gonna leave this go and <laughs> whatever. But there's other times where you just like, you know what? We've got to talk about this. <laughs> yeah. And so you just said, That's not normal. Yeah. Like that little girl needs sleep, she needs structure, she needs to know when she's gonna be at her dad's house and when yeah. she's gonna be at her mum's house and when is this how long is this gonna continue for and then she went to school yeah. and the structure started to come started in and I started away. we had a business together yeah. um, so I started to see the importance of you know a good night's sleep I started to see the importance of, of good nutrition I started to see the importance of all of that kind of thing that stability mm. and um, and it takes a while to yeah. Come into your home, but um, you know we said okay. Once a week during the week is a sleepover because he couldn't handle just every second week, and that's fair enough. He's a father that loves his child, yep. wants to see his child. Um, you know that not not everybody gets that. Mm. So um, we decided to then start the whole from okay. If you're going to have a night, and you suggested this as well, it needs to be closer to the weekend. That Yes. Like it's, and, and we were even doing that whole Thursday night, come back Friday, Saturday, Sunday, yeah. go to school, then Thursday. So then we started the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, yeah. which is a whole block. And from school to school, where yeah. it's rather than pick up and drop offs. Yeah, because it's the, it's the, and I remember this from my childhood, it's the, the turnover of the, of the child going from one place to another that is the most da uh, damaging part to a child's rhythm. I had no so, idea. So if you have a setup where, say, like, because it was Wednesday night, so it was Wednesday night that she would go over. It used to be midweek, yeah. And then it would be every second uh, weekend as well. Yeah. So Wednesday every week, every second uh, weekend. And what ended up happening was, you know, we'd pick her up from school on Monday and she'd be back at her dad's by Wednesday. She'd come back for Thursday, and on the weekends where there was a weekend with her dad, she'd be back at her dad's after coming back for Thursday on Friday, and then you'd have the whole week then to try and wind know, down wind and her down. get in. And she'd only come rhythm. good just before she goes again. Yeah. So yeah, that's when we made the, the switch to Wednesday to Thursday. But I, I, I think that was when you start to let go of the guilt of uh, breaking up with. Uh, you know, your, your husband and having the, the broken family and that, that's when that's when we sort of entered the, the new phase of me and Pete. I just remembered a story in the kitchen too like <laughs> and, and these are all this has all got to do with our values um, yeah. and how we came together yeah. um, and you know make it work what about the shopping story and the and the food story oh yeah there's like, heaps of stories we can tell there's, so yeah. the first time we went shopping together yeah and i saw some apples and they were in my mind overpriced 
Oh yeah, because and, <laughs> and I was like, and I remember growing up on no frills, right? Like in the cheap bar <laughs> shopping that uh, my parents would have to do, and so I was like, I'm never gonna be that type, and I'm yep. not gonna look at the specials, and I'll get what I want to get. Yep. And so I was used to that freedom. Then you come along and you do shopping with me, and you were saying, oh, we're not gonna get that brand, <laughs> or we're not gonna get that type of alcohol, and I was like. <laughs> so you know same reaction as like yeah. you went with Amira I was like what the yeah. what is it going on here and we both get, like came out of the shops with the shits <laughs> and we had to over time we've had to come together on okay we've got to have a budget um, you know yes we'll get these types of apples and you've leaned in on yep. the yes we get the, the nice flavoured yep. apples yep. <laughs> and uh, but I've I had also to look at yes and you've had to practice saying no, no definitely uh, and and then, it comes comes from you being the youngest, right? Yeah. And I was the oldest. Yeah. So I was traipsed through the shopping center, and Mum would be making all these decisions yeah. to try and fit into her food shopping into her budget. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, so this is how you shop. Yeah. And just taking it in every single week. So, so yeah, that was what I entered into the relationship with. I had a really bad uh, financial relationship with money, and, and I, mm. I still do. It's still work, something yeah, I'm working yeah, on. Yeah, still working on it. We're, we're like I'm working on it um, in, in both ways. Mm. And so uh, we had to come together in the way that, um, you know, we had to say yes to the to the nice flavoured apples. And then also I had to look at, okay, this is on special, but it can still be the same. It can still, you know, do the same thing. Um, it doesn't have to just be like whatever. And then... Uh, then there's also the times in the kitchen where um, I would cook and I cook for um, I cook for flavor or and I cook for um, you know I want to enjoy my food and all this kind of thing and then Pete comes along as a nutritionist as a bodybuilder as a bodybuilder <laughs> yeah like he's done his nutrition but he's also been a bodybuilder so he's used to restricting and uh, bland and boring ass food and then also telling me how much how much food i need to eat <laughs> and you would you you made this tuna supreme and i calculated your protein yeah calculated how much you need to eat like Number one, I was only eating tuna, flavoured tuna out of the can, like from years of not well, you, touching you that You told stuff. me you were eating tuna. Yeah. So tuna to me was like, oh, she eats tuna, cool. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you made me this boring tuna supreme or whatever the hell it's called with crunchy celery and shit in it. And you handed it to me in a giant bowl and you're like, yeah, this is how much you should be eating. And I was like, yeah. So then you proceed to go and... Go oh, then, the so I was like, yeah, so I, was, I wasn't me. eating enough because um, I, I didn't like it. So I wasn't eating enough calories for the amount of like my metabolism and how it was, um, you know, my, my metabolism can burn off. And so then I would escape <laughs> and I'd be like, I'm going to have coffee with my granny or um you know and you're not invited <laughs> you're not invited so i can you know have my banana bread and, yeah. or i can you know what i'm so like you know i hadn't eaten enough of the good food and this is what we teach our um our moms for sure that if you haven't eaten enough good food you're going to crave 
whatever is closest and easiest and the smell of KFC yeah. or McDonald's or whatever. And I remember going sneakily going through the drive-thru and um, because you had so much restriction and expectations over here, I felt as though I had to hide it from you. Yeah. And we had to come and meet in the middle where I was making it, I wanted to make a decision of, okay, I do want to be healthier yeah. and I do want my kid to be healthier as well. Like my children to be healthier, it's very important. Yeah. Um, so you had the bland, boring side of things, but you still had, we both had that same value of we wanted what was best for our bodies. Yeah. And then also when we have children, we wanted what was best for them. And even though Miri wasn't your biological child, you still cared so much. Mm about what went into her body as well yeah. and how much she slept and and what she did you know um, and, and what was good for her emotionally and physically and and, yeah. and all of that kind of thing so uh, we met in the middle and we started to prep together yeah yeah and I said oh, and you got out that book metabolic precision book yeah. and you said well choose, you know choose some something out here that you would like and I was like okay I could I could do That's this true. or I could do that or whatever but the 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 omelette yeah. I can eat eggs any old time of day yeah. so when I could see things like that I was like oh okay I can get on board with this yeah. um, and then helping Miri then eat the omelette and you were yeah. fantastic in that way that some you would sit there patiently with her and say okay like you know so and so more bikes or let's do the the, the grandpa's coming into the train or in the plane yeah. and um, those kinds of things or you know do you want big muscles yeah. um, <laughs> if you want big muscles you got to eat you got to eat that protein and so yeah. she's like oh my whatever worked and yeah. um, then we came up with these systems and we used it with, with loads as well it's like okay um, you don't think you like it you don't think you want to eat that then you need to have however many of age you are bites yeah. before you can turn it or turn around and say I don't want it yeah. yeah. So we always try to play fair yeah. with our kids and say, okay, well, let's say Mary was four. You need four bites of that omelette and then you can have some toast. Yep. Um, so this is where the values of ours, we had same values, but we were butting heads with it yeah. and we had to come yeah. in the middle um, to align. Yeah, which is just a failure of communication. Do you agree? Because, Definitely. I don't, I don't think I ever said, Megan, you're on a diet. Mm. Or you can't eat. You, you can't, can't eat, eat chocolate. Never. But you felt as though you didn't want me to see you in the early stages. In those early stages, stuff, so. yeah, because of the view that I had of you mm. and all the view that you pulled out there, mm. that story that you tell yeah. out there. Yeah. Um, and then the same as me, I, I suppose you had that view of me looking at me going, oh, she mustn't like to eat shit. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna provide her with this stuff that I eat. Yeah, but also, I also had a very, uh, very, magnetizing story of you that I liked mm -hmm. and that was that you wanted to learn off me mm -hmm. and then therefore I probably did take that whole teacher role and bring that into our relationship and, and that's where like oh, the yeah. boss man and <laughs> the teacher really so weird she right? struggled with because yeah don't like yeah yeah as soon as we were on <laughs> yeah like it was different when we had that attraction for each other yeah. and we felt like you know i wanted to learn off you but then boom as soon as there's a relationship in there and i know i have an authority issue mm. um yeah and then you tried to, to take over like um and even at work 
yep. we would have some busters at work because you would say, oh, you need to do it this way, not <laughs> yeah. that way. And I'd be like, you don't tell me. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't train you anymore as well. <laughs> you still did, but we would, have bus- you. we would have busters. <laughs> um, but there was always something that would bring us back um, bring us back together. There yeah. is like an electricity, there is a... Um, there is something on a deep level yeah. that brings us back together. Yeah. We've got um, we've got values in common, not only with the health, and that's what a lot of people thought. Oh, they just like each other because they both like to work out. Yeah. You know, um, and as time, well, we knew there was something deeper than that. We also have that freedom value. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We don't we both don't like authority. Just mm. in different ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we both want to be the captain of our own ship <laughs> yeah. and steer life in uh, the direction that we want to steer it in, which is the biggest point of contention with us because you'll steer in one direction, I'll steer in the other direction. And we're kind of fighting over that steering wheel. <laughs> and over time, we've learned to let the other person steer. Yeah. Uh, steer, yeah, steer the, the boat. Yeah. What about how we've taken turns? Yeah, we've, we've really <laughs> taken turns um, on steering, and there will be things, there will, over time, there were things where I would just let it go and let you be the man and be the boss kind of thing. And then there's other times where you have had, where you've stepped back and gone, okay, I'm going to stay out of this one, I'm going to let her handle it. Yeah. Um, and even, even to do with, I know we're talking about prepping a lot, about the food a lot, but it's significant. Um, because there were times where I just I was like, okay, fine, you be the in charge of the kitchen. Yeah, right? so so that's probably a good segue into Hackier Place. We were we were in uh, Glenshee Road uh, when we first got together, mm. and that was which, my which was little Dubbo, space. Dubbo West, yep. And yeah. then we decided that we needed a fresh start when we felt pregnant with Logs. Yeah, yep. we felt pregnant with Logs, and we moved to Hackier Place. Mm. So. Without skipping over, you falling pregnant. Like that's a really, that's a really fond memory of mine. Like I remember, of course. you coming out of the toilet, telling me, and then uh, keeping that from everyone, and then telling Miri yes. uh, for the first time. Yes, that was another really like wonderful moment. And then she was so excited when we took her to ultrasound and which we did te- we told your mum and, yeah. and we went out there and yeah. we were so excited and said just keep it hushed until we get to tell Mary yeah. and we took her to the ultrasound and yeah. as soon as she was so smart she's like was she five yeah she's five and they did the little jelly stuff on your um on your belly and she was like is there a baby in there yeah. and straight away <laughs> she knew and it was yeah it was so exciting yeah yeah so it that, was yeah that got you into like Dad mode, and I I remember being all of a sudden consumed by this holy shit. Like it's real now. I wasn't stepdad anymore. Mm, Dad gonna be dad, and that's just so exciting. It's such a significant part. So exciting because you couldn't. You always wanted to be a dad. So even just being a stepdad, you were honoured by that. Yeah. And now you get to be an official biological dad. Biological dad. Yeah. Yeah. And I do remember standing in the shower though, going back a bit before I was pregnant with Lois. Um, I was in the shower with you. We have shower chats, yeah. always debrief. <laughs> Ten years later, we're still doing the same thing, and it's weird if we are in there quiet. 
Um, and I said to you, oh, I don't know, I don't know what's happening, but um, something, something's coming. There, there's a baby, there's a cat or a dog. There's a, there's a dog, there's a cat or a baby. I don't know what's happening. And I think you just, I were just like, you know, oh, over the head because I, I yeah. was so woo-woo. Yeah. <laughs> the whole cat thing. I yeah, I went on a research of cats and dogs yeah. and you were like, oh. <laughs> is, is this what's happening next in our life? We're going to get a dog or a cat? Yeah. Um, but then in the, also, in that weird period where I said there's a dog, a cat or a baby coming, I also went on a period of I'm turning 30 at the end of this year. I want to I want to travel. I want to go somewhere for my 30th. I want to escape the country. Yeah. And I booked the tickets. I'm like not, and see you in the way that you are. Like you love the freedom and you want to travel and stuff, but you're also like worried about money. Yeah. And so I went ahead and just like, as I do, just go with actions yep. without thought. And I booked the tickets. Yeah. Um, and then like a couple of weeks later, yeah, we found out that I was pregnant with Lokes. Yeah, which lined up the fact that you'd be 30, Two weeks pregnant, going over, and thirty-five 30, on the way back. No, like uh, thirty-three. Thirty-three weeks. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that was a whole era of of itself moving in a happier place. Yeah, and so we wanted to move somewhere a bit bigger. Yeah, and, um, a bigger kitchen. We're yep. getting sick of that, and I also felt as though that that house was tainted, which is so silly now. Mm. Um, the tainted and that we needed new beginnings like bad juju yeah. we need fresh clear juju yeah um, and so we moved into that house which was an absolute hellhole well it was a big house and the only way to heat the house was through LPG we didn't know that no one told us that. no one told us that I had no idea what the hell LPG was I'd only ever lived in cities yeah same so and moved yes. out to Dubbo and then not knowing that in the older parts of Dubbo, all they had was LPG. Which is, if anyone doesn't know, it's like some tank that you've got to get, you've got to purchase. Yeah, you've got to purchase outside, and that's how you've got to heat your house. But no one told us that for one. We didn't have a bottle there, and we moved in the middle of winter. I had severe nausea. I never threw up, but I had severe nausea for the first 12 weeks. And this was in the midst of that, cleaning that old house. I remember cleaning that house. Um, that old house, like, however, yeah, yeah. however many weeks pregnant, like yeah. so sick, so miserable. Yeah. Um, and then moving into that house and then going, it's freezing. How about we turn the heater on? Um, what is this? Yeah. What's happening here? I had to get the, I had to get the natural gas heater and and, and Com- convert it to an LPG. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, then we bought a bottle when it was gone in nine days. Yeah. This hundred and twenty dollar bottle. Because of the house was bigger. LPG. So no, was, no was, dishwasher. The dishwasher no was dishwasher, there when we inspected the house. Yeah. We didn't know that they were taking oh, it. It was bloody, yeah. A big, a big lesson learned together in how to pick a home. Mm. And yeah. we went from there to Lansdowne Drive, which was... Within a year, looking, like after having Lowe's, Lowe's was about five months or something. Yeah. Yeah. So she was a lot younger than that. She was younger than that. Yeah, she was like five weeks or six weeks. No, 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 she wasn't. Because we were in Hackier hackier place for a good while, like a good four months. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she was sleeping like pretty okay there. Like yeah. it wasn't that bad. 
Um, you even went off to the Gold Coast. I just had the two oh, girls. Yeah, yeah. Lori slept okay. amazing, and that was in April. So yeah. she was born in the February. We were still yeah. there. But we decided once again in the middle of winter, so it was June again yeah. before we moved out, yeah. and it was pouring rain. Yeah. Well, we wanted to move into a warmer house, a nicer house. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and I'm saying we here, but it was more me. Like yeah, you definitely made that decision. <laughs> Let's go to Lansdowne Drive. After being miserable for a yeah. year in that house. Um, but yeah, we had Logie in that house. Yeah. Um, it was haunted too. <laughs> for sure, we had some spiritual encounters. Yeah. Um, Logie and I, uh, Miri and I, and Maria. Yeah. yeah. So um, we moved there, and Logie was about five months or something and then that was the six months where she started to really get yeah. that sleep regression yeah. and we had no idea what the hell was happening yep. and i remember you coming home to me after teaching a class going i know what this is on you know on google i read this article and it's a sleep regression and it doesn't end and i was like <laughs> you are sentencing us yeah. to doom yeah yeah i was very much a google dad <laughs> oh, I think everybody is everything. guilty of that, and you know, I talk about that in the in season one about you know um, constantly on the phone to try and keep awake to feed yep. the baby, but you know you're googling stuff. Why, 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 why is yeah. this, why is that? Yeah, yeah. So without diving too deep into it, you can go and listen to season one. This is about the time you got chronic fatigue. Um, so I didn't end up getting diagnosed with chronic fatigue until Lois was like one, nearly two. Yeah, yeah, one and a half, months, yeah, yeah, 18 months. Um, yeah. The timings, the time, things just seems a bit blurred to me. Yeah. But I do know about the six month thing and how it just, it started to get worse and worse. Mm. Um, and the thing is like, we even went through tough times there. Um, in Lansdowne Drive. Yeah, yeah, in Lansdowne Drive, we went through tough times there. We, um, and I, I got I got really sick and you couldn't figure out why um, you thought we were doing everything right and won't dive into all of that. Yeah. Yeah, so another challenge and it seems like we are constantly challenged mm. in life. Nothing's ever smooth sailing. No, nothing's ever smooth sailing and we even go through those really like times where you're like, oh my god. Is this is is this gonna end, or are we gonna stay together? And something always brings us back together. Like your your patience um, in through those times of, of chronic fatigue, and me even saying some like cray cray stuff, and you know me at ten p.m. at night mopping the floor, thinking that I'll be a good mum if I if the floor is clean before I go to bed, if yeah. the house is clean. Yep. You know, like going through all those um, severe times, but with the value of, of us that we've always wanted to be better and grow together um, came, you know, you wanting to compete again and get into great shape, me wanting to get my health back, um, so then having a coach and, and then our values came in on how sleep was so important. Sleep was so important yeah. with, with Logie. We had to get her sleeping. Yeah. And then we knew that it's important for Miri to get to bed on time as well and for us to get to bed on time yeah. so we could all function as a family. Yeah. Then we would have the energy to be able to prep good food readily available and then we the would be able to the fuel to actually exercise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that was, that was really going from 
bodybuilder Pete and fitness enthusiast Megan to mum Lee and dad Lee. It was through that whole chronic fatigue phase, looking at the business that we were in and deciding that wasn't what we wanted. We were exhausted, we were run, we yeah. burnt out. we were burnt out. And then it comes into another um, section of our values, which was connectedness. Mm. So through Logues, mm. she taught us to slow the down. Yeah. And still to this day, that little girl teaches us all to be in the moment yeah. um, and and to connect and to just stop what you're doing, slow down yeah. and have that time together. And through that um, came, you know, reading books like The Me, Me, Me Epidemic, learning about family meetings, mm -hmm. learning about 10 minute quality time with each other because I always knew, we always knew we wanted our family to be better than what our experience was yeah. and we wanted to stay together yeah. as a family we didn't I, I'd been through a divorce I'd had a, 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 a you know I'd committed to someone that didn't work out yeah. and then you coming and you were um, so, such a stubborn bull yeah. in in commitment if you're gonna you're gonna do something you're gonna see it through yeah and that that's what came like made us stay together and I always knew that I wanted to have that connectedness with my kids. And so then when they grow old, we're still gonna have that relationship and we're gonna to wanna to still hang out with each other. That's a massive goal mm. of ours. Mm. Um, and so that's when the books like uh, the Me, Me, Me epidemic came in where a 10 minute time um, where you just connect one-on-one -on -one with that child. And I always wanted to make sure that Miri knew she was important too. Yeah. Just because this new baby came along, yeah. She was still important. She was still loved. Yeah. So I wanted to solidify that with her. And yeah. then Logie is such an attachment baby. <laughs> and, and still to this day, and she loves that quality time, that one-on-one mm. -on -one time. She will ask for it yeah. for 10 minutes. And we, um, so that's where I'm going with the, with yeah, the connectedness so and the value. Yeah. The, the values that we have together is kind of like, well, this is it. Yeah. And we were talking about this yesterday you know, why we do stay together. Mm. And it's, you know, it's the better the devil you know than <laughs> the devil you don't because we choose mm. to have um, this, we, we choose to do the work together. Because even if we split up and was like, oh, this is too hard and we're not working out and all that sort of um, rubbish, we could split off and you could meet someone else and I could meet someone else, but you're still gonna go through the same growths, yeah. the, the same pain, the same healing. Yeah. I I said I said yesterday to you at coffee that I don't think that there is a perfect person out there for you. Uh, I think that there is people there are people that you choose to do the growing with. And you say to each other, I'll be with you for as long as you still make me happy. Mm -hmm. Remember that was oh, the thing that we said that. Yeah. when we first got together. Mm -hmm. And that came from seeing mum so unhappy in every relationship. And I, like, I can't speak for your childhood, but we did have similar childhoods and they formed the same things that were important to us. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that we both came together on was the fact that you've, you've got to... You've got to 
understand the weight of the decision that you've made when you come together with someone, you have children with that, that person. And now by no means am I saying if you're in a toxic, abusive, violent relationship, should you stay? Totally different. This is totally different. Mm. What I'm saying is, is both parties need to come to the table and say, hey, all right, I've got some shit that I need to work on. Uh, I want to, I'm wanting to work on it. Do you want to work? Do you want to, do you want to be with me through me working with, working on my shit? And I choose every single time to be with you while you work on your shit. And I feel like you do the same for me. Mm-hmm. Even though my shit comes up every now and then, more than every now and then, sometimes you still you still can't help but be there while I work on it. There was a, um, uh, when you did that mentoring with Lynn and he said, a break whenever there's a breakdown there's a breakthrough and when we learn that I really see that um, whenever we have a breakdown in lines of communication or you like for some reason whatever you're doing is pissing me off <laughs> or vice versa there's something that I'm going through yeah um, we have a big breakdown there's always like this beautiful light or flower at the end of it where we're like really intertwining and connecting and gelling um, afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, like you said, you choose the person that you're prepared to go through Mm. all of that with. Yeah. You've also said though that you feel like it's not a choice. I do feel like, (laughs) so for me, Whenever we've had those breakdowns and then we and we get those breakthrough, there is a, a body reaction for me. Like I don't, I don't feel I sit there or stand there and and go. You know what? I choose not to be angry with him anymore, or I choose to work on this. I don't do that. I don't act like that. No. I'm actually like oh, I'm seething. I'm the, you know. This I'm is sick of you. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of you. And and um and you know we're going through that that breakdown. And then this there is a bond like within hours or in the few hours there is a body reaction in me that just let's go and I can't help but still like you. And I say that, they say it in a joke manner all the time, but I say it to the world as well. I can't help but like you. Like, I'll be mad at him. You're so annoyed. Man, I like you. <laughs> and it is something in me. So I don't actually feel as though that it is a conscious choice. I feel as though we have come to each other or being yeah. drawn together yeah. for a specific reason. Yeah. Yeah. And the term is twin flames. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um I yeah, I do believe the more I read about it, it's twin flames are supposed to be like one soul split to bodies and they come together. And the word has been changes. Yeah. Like when twin flames get together. And they don't always last. Yeah. Um, so yeah, some, I guess in a way, some blow out yeah. and they don't end up being together forever. But um, I guess in what you're talking about in a choice, that's what ends up happening. You make that choice mm. to go through that together. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. And you know, we talk about we talk about fighting. Mm. We talk about like we fight for each other we fight for what we have yeah. what we've built yeah um, and we fight for those girls too like in our vows we've said that that we would we did make those vows that we would always make this work like for them yeah yeah 
Yeah. Let's yeah. talk about that. The, the, uh, I think that that is the closer in the way where we're going to finish well, this episode yeah. because the next episode is about what nearly didn't happen. Yep, yep. So we got to buy our own home in Dubbo. We closed down the bricks and mortar business. I dabbled in Snap Fitness, again, going back into a commercial gym and I did that by myself. Um, you were online mm. and you had the Fit Mum method because yeah. you couldn't bring yourself to coming back to that lifestyle of going into a gym. And then COVID hit, which was a big eye-opener for us into, as, as into, well, are we actually living the life that we want to live? But also, and like, luckily, we, we were blessed that we were working on our online business 12 months before. Yeah. We, we, you know, we weren't yeah. as bad as some others, um, but still it came out of hell. Like, we're only just noticing the repercussions from COVID now. Yeah. Well, we went through yeah. our body, yeah. you know, our minds, and I'm sure everybody can agree that they went through some sort of shit life through change. that. Life yeah. change through that. So yeah. we did get to buy the home. We did get to go to Malaysia. We got rocking bodies. You competed. Yeah. I did the role model challenge. We took the kids overseas. Yeah. Um, that was after the after the uh, role model challenge yeah. and buying of the house. Yeah. And then pretty much COVID hit the next time. Yeah. And then we started to rethink where do we want to be? Yeah. Where do we want to be? And what do we want to be surrounded by? So. And what do we want for our girls? Yeah. And and also. That was the ultimate side. Yeah. And the fam, like you going back into to snap fitness. Yeah. And then COVID hitting, it was kind of like, uh, but we wanted that freedom. Where we value family. Mm. We value family quality time. Mm. And that's not that's no longer serving us. No. So, we had to make a decision. We made the decision, and it almost broke us. So I'm going to leave the episode there on that note. If you want to know. You'll have to listen to, it's, episode, it's going to be episode 20. You'll have to listen to episode 20 to find out what we almost didn't get through and what's ahead for us as the Fit Fam up in Brisbane. <laughs> See ya. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hey Mama. You can find all the relevant links, including socials, in the description section of this podcast. If you want to find out more information about how I can help you build your best body after babies, then visit my website, www.thefitmummethod.com for more info. Lastly, before you leave here today, if you've enjoyed listening, then please subscribe and share so you can help me to reach out to those mamas that also need to listen too.